The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're actually in the midst of our 64th anniversary. Our Founder, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, uh, started the church, founded the church in October of 1956, and we are still going strong, teaching people how to live better lives. So make sure you tune in to all the things that we have going on right now. So today I'm starting a new series that I'll be teaching until I complete it. Now, I might do some one-offs here and there. Uh, depending on what's going on. But I'm starting a series today titled The Magic of Thinking Big. The Magic of Thinking Big. And I'm going to be teaching the book of the same title by the author David J. Schwartz. That's Schwartz's S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Now, this is one of my favorite old school books. I used to teach this book as a class, taught it a couple of times as a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute. And I really like it because it laser beams on the quality of our thinking. So what I'm going to do is through the course of 13 episodes, teach this book. Now, I'm not going to teach every line of every chapter, but I'm going to pull out the key principles, the key things I think that can help you learn how to think bigger. Also, my request is that when I teach books that are part of a series, that you actually buy the book. I don't I don't know even know if uh, David Schwartz is still in a body. I don't you know on this side or this plane of existence. This book is rather old, so I'm not getting any money from this book. I want to put material in your hands that can help you do what you need to do and go from there. So let's get right to it again. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. So when you go to the preface. On page two, the preface starts page one, but I'm going directly to page two. He has a few things that I I want to mention. The first of, of it is this. He talks about a conversation about how we think big and how popular culture tries to diminish our ability to think big. He starts off by saying, uh, you are told almost daily that there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians. In other words, the opportunities to lead no longer exist and that there is a surplus of chiefs. So be content to be a little guy. But this too many chiefs idea simply doesn't square with the truth. 
leading people in all occupations will tell you, as they've told me, that the trouble is there are too many Indians and not nearly enough chiefs. All right. Now, why am I sharing this? Because part of thinking big is the realization that you need to think bigger than your current experience, than your current circumstances, than what you're going through right now. Because you can't outperform your own consciousness. You are a mental field that is always fulfilling itself. Therefore, it's really important that you don't allow somebody else to diminish what you're doing and how you do it. Now, why am I sharing it so strongly? Because I really want you to get that if you want to be successful, if you want to get paid, let me just put it really out there, then you have to be the thinker. You have to be the person who creates the strategy. You have to be leading. You have to be managing. You have to be owning. You have to be at the top of the food chain, for lack of terms, be, if you want to get paid and have the level of success you desire. There are a lot of Indians and not enough chiefs. Now, here's the thing. Even if you're working for a chief, you want to think like a chief because when you work for a owner or leader, supervisor, manager, the person that or the people that really are kept and potentially promoted in a company is the ones that can think and create solutions for problems in the company. When you can think, you create value. When you can solve problems, you create value. When you can create systems, you Create value when your level of work is above and beyond others and you can think you create value. But if you just think, okay, well, I'm just going to work hard and I'm not going to be a thinker, then you create a different type of conversation for yourself. I really want this to land. You really want to get to the point of understanding that you have to start thinking bigger, bigger. When you walk into a company, even if you're at the level, uh, at the entry level, you want to make sure that you're thinking about how do CEOs move? How, how does the C-class operate? How do they move? How do they navigate? What are they thinking on? What are their concerns? Why? Because even if you don't get the job there, even if you don't own the business then, you want to start thinking like a leader, like a supervisor, like a manager, even when you're not, because you can learn on somebody else's dime how to be the fantastic leader, the fantastic manager, the fantastic top salesperson, the fantastic uh, person who produces the results, the fantastic owner of whatever it is that you seek to do. Many times we sometimes seek to learn things on our own dime. So the, the the hiccups of life and the hiccups of development end up being slightly more costly. And what I'm saying to you is even if you got to learn that way, do it. Think big and go forward. But you have to prepare yourself to start developing the thinking big process. And we're going to talk about that today in great detail. So I just want to make sure that 
you know that part of creating the life that you desire is thinking big. And if you crack under pressure, even if you're talented, it won't make a difference. If you crack under pressure, it will not make a difference. You will only be as effective as your ability to handle pressure, to handle the stress. There are a lot of talented people who can't handle the pressure. That's one of the reasons why I love uh, sports, you know, NBA and NFL and other sports because it's, it, does, it doesn't always come down to who's who has the most talented players or who is the most talented player. Many times it comes down to who handles the pressure the best, who can see themselves as a champion and think like a champion to play championship level sports, whatever the game is. Can you play basketball at a championship level? That doesn't mean just your skill set. It also means your mindset. Can you play the game of life at a championship level? Can you play the game of wealth at a championship level? Can you play the game of health at a championship level? Can you play the game of relationships at the championship level? Can you play the game of communication at the championship level? Can you play the game of school at the championship level? Can you play the game of parenting at the championship level? You have to start to think it before you can ever have it. You will not outperform your own consciousness. Why? Because life is consciousness. Life is consciousness. All right. So, moving on. He goes on to say in the preface, page three, this pettily petty environment says other things too. It tells you whatever will be, will be. That your destiny is outside your control and that fate is in complete control. So, Forget those dreams, forget that finer home, forget that special college for the children, forget the better life. Be resigned, lie down and wait to die. Now, it doesn't say it directly, but it says it indirectly. Because anytime you start to accept the conditioning of the world, the programming of the world that you can't have better, you're really saying that you are allowing the petty environment, mental environment of your peers or what you're hearing from the news, or what you've accepted based upon nationality, race, gender, orientation, economic status, born on one side of the track or another side of the track, to dictate to you what you can have, what you can do, and who you can be. And one of the things that he mentions that uh, I think it's really important in the preface on this page three is there's less competition at the top than it is at the bottom. Then he says that every step forward pays a dividend. So as you're going forward in life, recognize that you are creating your own dividends. It makes a difference. All right. All right, so we're going right into chapter one. 
chapter one is believe you can succeed and you will. So it starts off by saying success means many wonderful things. And I think you need to really get clear about what success is for you. For example, he wrote success means personal prosperity, a fine home, vacations, travel, new things, financial security giving your children maximum advantages. Success means winning admiration, leadership, being looked up to by people in your business and social life. Success means freedom, freedom from worries, fears, frustrations, and failure. Success means self-respect, continually finding more real happiness and satisfaction from life, being able to do more for those who depend on you. Success means winning. Success, achievement, is the goal of life. Now, how do you define success? I'm going to give you a real easy definition. And you, if it works for you, use it. If it doesn't, cool. Success is doing what you said you would do. Success is doing what you said you would do. Now, there are levels of success. So if you said by age, whatever, you would own your own home, you were successful with that commitment, what you said you were going to do, or you're not, based upon when you get this certain age, if you have a house that you own or not. If you said by this age, I'm going to have, or by this time, for instance, it's October 2020 right now, if you said by December 31st, I'm going to uh, work out four days a week and I'm going to lose 20 pounds. When January 1st comes, if you haven't been working out four times a week and you uh, haven't lost 20 pounds, then you have not kept your word to yourself. That was unsuccessful. If you did, you were successful because success is doing what you said you would do. Again, you have to understand the game that you're playing. If I'm playing basketball, success or winning in basketball is scoring points, scoring more points than your opponent. So the game of basketball is scoring points and stopping your opponent from scoring points. And at the end of a predetermined time, under predetermined rules, you can determine if you have won the game. Now, in the game of life, you are deciding what you want to do with your life. And I get that you can say, well, I've been inspired by spirit. I agree with that. I believe in the inspirational spirit. Obviously, as a minister for all of these years, as a teacher of metaphysics, of truth, of New Thought Christianity, of success principles, of consciousness transformation, I believe that wholeheartedly. And unless you accept and choose it, it don't make a difference if spirit gave it to you or not. You still have to choose. So once you choose it, you have to determine your success. I just want that to be clear. All right. Then he wrote, every human being wants success. Now, some people don't want to admit it. And some people want it without striving for it. Some people want it without success. Some people want to live off of somebody else's 
else's success. Some people are looking for a come up, as we would say when I was growing up. A come up is somebody you can connect to that's on the way up, that's rising. Now, he says nobody enjoys, excuse me, everybody wants the best that this life can deliver. Nobody enjoys crawling, living in mediocrity. No one likes feeling second class and feeling forced to go that way. In other words, there's something about us that pushes against mediocrity. Then he wrote, believe, really believe you can move mountains and you can. Now, on the next page, I think this is powerful, page 10. He says, people who think this way have belief confused with wishful thinking. In other words, people say, you can't move a mountain. He says, and true enough, you can't wish away a mountain. You can't wish yourself into an executive suite. Nor can you wish yourself into a five-bedroom, three-bath house or the high-income brackets. You can't wish yourself into a position of leadership. But you can move a mountain with belief. You can win Success by believing you can succeed. Why? Because when you really land uh, in a state of mind, when you really focus on what is possible for you, that you are connected to the one source, the one presence, the one power that we call God, then that alone should tell you that you are connected to the infinite potential and unlimited possibilities of the universe and good or God is waiting for you to make up your mind to be in alignment with the principles of truth that can help you manifest what you desire. That's what we're going to be talking about during this series. So I'm going to be at times interjecting metaphysics where metaphysics aren't necessarily apparent in this book because I really want you to get what he is saying. Your thinking is either holding you back or pushing you forward into your success. Your thinking is either holding you back or pushing you forward. You really have to start to evaluate what are the effects of your thinking. Are you procrastinating? Are you lying to yourself? Or are you coming up with reasons based upon the truth of who you are? You are the divine image and likeness of God. You are an individualized expression of God. There's something radically right about you. There's something radically right about human beings that allows us to to tap into the unlimited potential of God to be able to go forward and bring forth the attributes of God in definite form forms as good in our lives. There's something radically right about you. But if you can't think right, you can't live successfully. All right, move it on. So, bottom of page 11, he gives a lot of stories in this book, and 
I can't do justice by reading all these stories. So, again, that's why I'm telling you the book, because I think the stories really do land. But I'm trying to give you the principles in the chapters. All right. Moving on. Let me excuse me here. All right. He wrote on bottom of page 11. Belief, strong belief triggers the mind to figure ways and means and how to and believing you can succeed makes other others place confidence in you now this is key now one of the things i teach met in metaphysics and new thought metaphysics is belief activates faith belief activates faith now belief is what you accept as true once you can accept it as true then you activate the power of faith that is latent within you to produce results. And then he wrote, again, and believing you can succeed makes others place confidence in you. Now, this is key. People will follow you when you have the confidence to get stuff done. Now, here's the thing. What's funny about confidence is even when you're not capable, people will still follow you. Now, I recommend that you should be capable. However, it's not a prerequisite to leadership. If you really believe in something strongly enough, people will follow you. Why? Because most people are not that absolute when it comes to their belief in something, when it comes to being out front, getting it done, producing the results. Many people want shields. Protect me. Lead me. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me how to do it. And guess what? If you understand that thinking big and thinking like a leader can produce success, prosperity, and wealth for you, then start thinking like a big, prosperous thinker. Point blank. I know everybody can come up at least with one example of somebody who did not know what the heck they were doing, but they had so much confidence in what they were doing that other people bought into it. I know you can come up with at least one example. I can come up with a few right off the top of my head. However, if you're competent, if you have high integrity, and you know how to think big, think about what you can accomplish. Just think about it. What can you accomplish if you really believed in yourself? If you really believed in yourself, if you really believed in your ability to produce results, if you really believed in your ability to manifest truth, if you really believed that you are worthy of the best, Just think about it. How would you move? How would you navigate? What would you say to people? Just think about what does it mean to think big? To really think big. All right. So he goes on to say on page 13. Belief in great results is the driving force. 
the power behind all great books, plays, scientific discoveries. Belief in success is behind every successful business, church, and political organization. Belief in success is the one basic, absolutely essential ingredient of successful people. You got to believe in success. Believe in it. He, he, he spoke this one. I think this is great. How people say, okay, I believe in success, but, you know, I'll try it and I'll see what happened. And he, he wrote on page 13, the okay, I'll give it a try, but I don't think it will work. Attitude produces failures. Jesus says, no man, Luke 9, 62, no man sticking his hand into the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And what that meant was you can't think at the level of the kingdom of God, which is vision, which is forward, which is faith, which is belief in success and in yourself and in God, and always looking back trying to figure out uh, uh, maybe I should go back and start thinking my old way, looking at my old life. That doesn't work. So let me give a few things before because we're about a minute from our uh, break. So let me let you know, if you have a question, you can call in at 816-251-3555. I was about to give the old, old school number, just popped up in my brain. 816-251-3555. I love to hear from the callers. So if you have a question or comment, I would love to hear from you. But you can, uh, I'll open the, the calls up uh, after the break. Also, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. And I would like you to like the page, uh, give it a five-star rating, and write a positive review. Also, Christ Universal Temple has a live stream Sunday service, which is at our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, CU Temple, which starts at 10.30 a.m. until noon Central Time. So you can join in with us, worship with us. We would love to have you. Also, we're on Facebook Monday through Friday at noon Central Time teaching uh, our daily inspiration for better living periodical. You want to check that out. And uh, with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm teaching the book, the Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. I want to make sure that everybody's getting it. I did uh, find out, I'm looking at the back of the book because somebody's probably going to ask me, how do I get the book? If uh, Amazon.com, I'm sure. Uh, Simon & Schuster is the publisher on the back of my book, so maybe you can go directly to that book. I also want to remind you that um, uh, when 
when it comes to support and giving that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, uh, I'm a big believer that you support what supports you. You support who supports you. And if people are helping you with your spiritual growth or organizations are helping you with your spiritual growth, then um, then it's worth practice the law of giving and receiving by making sure that you are practicing universal law and doing what you need to do to be uh to continue to expand because one of the things that I've recognized and this is a part of big thinking versus little thinking is many times we don't give and I'm talking generically about humanity we don't give to things that really support us to help us grow to help us evolve we expect those things to be free and then we pay for other things we don't have a pr- problem paying uh for things that many times don't necessarily give us any real value. We're on, you know, we're at the stores pre-pandemic at the malls on Amazon or other websites buying things. It's so easy just to swipe and buy something that you may or may not use, that may or may not add value. We buy food with empty calories and a lot of fat, salt, and sugar. They make us gain weight. They make us unhealthy, and we don't have a problem spending money on them. We go to uh, the movie theaters, we go to other places and we spend money on things that don't help us grow. So I don't want to get be on a tangent about this, but I think it's important for us to recognize and understand that where you get your spiritual food is where you should be supporting. And if you have uh, some questions on that, go back to my, to my uh, archives and look up a series I did called The Miracle of Tithing. And I think that you will like it, whether you want to tithe legitimately to 10 or you want to just give and donate a love offering to support this ministry that's on you. Uh, Or any ministry that you're working with, whether you're part of a local ministry or not, or individuals that are coaching, teaching, or guiding, mentoring, or whatever you, learn to give back. Learn to give back. That's a big thinker. All right, back to the book. So, he goes on to say, again, disbelief, page 13, is is negative power. When the mind disbelieves or doubts, the mind attracts reasons to support the belief. And I would add, okay, um, that your mind not only attracts reasons, your mind will attract experiences. Your mind will attract people, places, and things to support your disbelief. And if it can work in the negative, it can work in the positive. He goes on to say, doubt, disbelief, the subconscious will to fail, the not really wanting to succeed is responsible for most failures. Think doubt, and fail. Think victory and succeed. And here's the thing. You have to consistently be in your mindset about this because you can think success one day and then think negatively for the next week and then think that the one day of thinking success is going to override six more days of thinking negatively. No, it doesn't work that way. All right. All right, and now it talk, talks about how you learn from other people. So he 
focuses on page 14. And it says, it is well to respect the leader, learn from him or her, observe him or her, study him, but don't worship him. Believe you can surpass. Believe you can go beyond. Those who harbor the second best attitude are invariably second best doers. Now, I have this conversation with many of my friends in the New Thought Movement because, you know, there's a high level of earned reverence for all of the people who came before us, our predecessors who taught uh, New Thought to people, who taught Christian metaphysics, who taught this consciousness transformation, who taught better living to different people. And I always say to folks, uh, the leaders of the movement now, we're the Joseph Murphys, we're the Charles Fillmore's, we're the Myrtle Fillmore's, we're the Emma, Emma Curtis Hopkins, we're the uh, Neville Goddard's, we're the Joe Goldsmiths, if I said that already, I don't remember, we're the Eric Butterworths, we're the Johnny Coleman's, we're the Catherine Ponders. And so you can't say that. How can you ever say that? Because if you can never say it, you can never demonstrate at their level or beyond. You can never demonstrate because all you can do is have reverence and blind obedience to everything that they said when they were teaching and telling you about the God that's within you. I can never forget Johnny Coleman used to say to us when she was active in ministry, you know, she now moved on, made her transition some years back. She would say, take what I give you and put it with what God already gave you. So she was trying to get us to tap into a level of potential beyond what she demonstrated. I know this to be a fact because I didn't know her at a surface level. I knew her and I know her now because she's my spiritual mother and I'm always one with her. So I'm just want you to think about it. You have to think like the level that you want to be on all the time and then get your game up. Get your game up. I mean that literally. Get your game up to the level to where you can think like where you want to be. It makes a difference. Many times we don't want to honor the fact that the bigness of God that you see in the leader is possible for you. This is why Jesus said, these works I do, you can do. And even greater works because I go to my father. Now, we don't even consider the works, let alone the greater works. Let's just be honest. But you have to think like you belong in the upper class. It's one of the things that the Apostle Paul dealt with when he was uh, teaching the gospel as he understood it. He wasn't a disciple of Jesus. He didn't walk up and down the dusty roads of Galilee and Judea with Jesus every day for three years. He wasn't a part of the inner core teachings. He never met Jesus when he was in a physical form. He didn't know about what Jesus taught and the nuances or whatever, but he believed that his revelation 
of the message was equal to any other disciple, to any other apostle. He really wasn't a disciple of Jesus. He was an apostle of Jesus. But he, he, he thought his message was equal to any apostle, any person. And it makes a difference. If you can't think it, you can't have it. Oh, I have a caller, so let me see here. All right. Dr. Stan, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. About yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, just calling in real quick. Just wanted to say I'm um, doing a great uh, lesson. I appreciate it. It was just uh, checking it out. And um, a couple of things you said I just wanted to make a quick comment on. Yes. Uh, one of them uh, you were just mentioning about how uh, how you and we are the uh, the incarnations of those people in terms of our our thinking and moving forward with our thinking. And you had mentioned how Johnny Coleman had made that uh, was had thought like take what she give you, put that with what God gave you, um, and that's the same type of thing that. Uh, Zig Ziglar said because he, he said that uh, that's how you learn, that's how you actually excel because you 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 take what you already know, what you have learned in the past, and then you take what you learn today or the new information that you get. And once you take that new information and couple it with that information that you already have, that's where the learning happens and that's what propels you forward. So so I think what you were saying about Johnny Coleman makes a lot of sense. Yes, um, yes. She, she, I, I, a matter of fact, I think she might have known Zig Ziglar. I'm going to have to look that up mm-hmm. because she knew almost all of the power players in the self-help movement back in the day, she, mm. you know, because she was a power player in the self-help movement. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, you know, thanks, uh, Dr. Stan. I appreciate you sharing that concept, and thanks for listening. I yeah, um, and, and actually, I, one other uh, thing I wanted to, uh, one other comment I wanted to make real quick, and sure. that is that um, something else you said when you were talking about how the mind uh, attracts reasons to support your belief. Well, I, and and again, I, I agree with that. I think that a lot of people, when you're trying to do something, a lot of people are. It's, it's very easy to say no or to say I can't do it. So, for example, you know, if you want to, I don't know, if you want to buy yourself a, a, a home or you want to buy a home for your, your mother or, you know, you want to start a, a great business, whatever it is, it's easy to say no or to say I can't do it. Uh, right. Because once you say no, when you say I can't, once as, as soon as you say no, it it stops. It's the end. There is nothing other, nothing else for you to do. Nothing further for you to do. But if you say I can, or if you say yes, then that triggers in your mind. Now you've got to take the next step. Now, what's the next move? How do I plan this? What do I? Who do I need to contact? What people do I need in my life? What resources do I need to have? What new skills do I need to develop? So the moment you say yes, then you start to take the next step and then the next step and then the next one. But the moment you say no, it's over. So it's very easy to say no because you're done. You don't have to do anything further. Right, right. And that's, and you know, it's one of the things that, uh, even Robert Kiyosaki once wrote, and I believe it was in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or one of the books, he said that 
the moment you say I can't afford it, you've already turned your brain off. Right. And that, now yeah. it's not possible for you. But when you ask the question, how can I afford it? Right. Now you're allowing yourself to be uh, open to the resources and reasons for you to be able to get it, for you to be able to have it. And uh, so, you know, yes, it, it's definitely something that works. And our mental uh, or, or psychological mindset makes a difference in how we succeed in life. So mm-hmm. thanks, Dr. Stan, for calling in. I appreciate uh, the feedback. And, you know, let's go get this good. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you. God bless. Right. Bye-bye. So moving on to page 18. And, again, I'm going to be jumping because, again, I'm not teaching the book chapter by chapter. But I do want to make sure that you have a few things. Um, there's uh, on page 18, he talks about two different ways of thinking. He says, the production in your thought factory is under the charge of two foremen, one whom we will call Mr. Triumph and the other Mr. Defeat. Now, both are really obedient, and you can read the details on how he explains it, but the question really comes into play is this. What is happening with your own inner conversation? Mr. Triumph and Mr. Defeat represent your own inner conversations with yourself. As we just had with the caller with Dr. Stan, what you tell yourself matters. What you tell yourself matters. And if you find yourself talking yourself out of your own good, I'm not talking based upon intuition, God-given or God-driven information. I'm talking about coming from the standpoint that you understand that you can do it. And Mr. Triumph will come up with opportunities, thoughts, ideas, and attract people, places, and things to make it possible. But when you go to Mr. Defeat, you shut stuff down. It changes your disposition. It changes your psychology. It affects the cells of your body. And you'll act like the guy, I think it's Pigpen and Charlie Brown, everywhere he goes, is dust following him. Well, when you're functioning from the Mr. Defeat mindset, you are just attracting attracting the negative possibilities that can show up in your space because that's what you're in tune to. All right. So you want to be in Mr. Triumph's mindset. All right, moving on. Page 20, how to develop the power of belief. How to develop the power of belief. Now, I would change how this is written personally because as a metaphysician, uh, as a metaphysical thinker, as a metaphysical teacher and minister, I think differently. So when I look at things, I put my truth spin on it. I would call this develop how to develop the power of successful belief. Why? You already potentially are believing nonsense. Nobody has to develop the power of belief. You already believe. Believe To believe means to accept as true. You already accept things as true. And what you accept as true already have power. The real question is, uh, is, is what I'm thinking giving me the results that I want? We need to be clear. So we have to develop the power of successful belief. That's the key. 
Why? Because thinking big was done by many leaders and prophets in the Bible. I mentioned Paul earlier. But think about David and Goliath. That was thinking big. Think about Moses. He's going to go back, tell, go to the Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Big thinking. Think about Joseph. And Joseph was hated on by his own family, uh, let, you know, left for dead by his own brothers, kidnapped and left for dead because he was a big thinker, which means also that sometimes when you're a big thinker, you have to be mindful about your environment because being a big thinker in a negative environment can be potentially uh, deflating to your big thinking. And sometimes people will, and to use a modern term, will hate on your ability to think big. I really want that to land. People will hate on your ability to think big. Who do you think you are? All right. She's arrogant. He's cocky. Now, is there such thing as arrogance? Of course. Is there such thing as being cocky? Yes. Is there such thing as narcissism? Yes, absolutely. But sometimes people will put that, that label on you because you walk in your authority. I, you know, I've had many a person tell me that I was cocky, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I don't care. Why? Because I know I have a heart for people. I love people, and I put people first because I'm a minister. That's my life. However, I know who I am, and I'm going to walk like I know who I am, and I'm going to engage with people like I know who I am, and I won't allow anyone to engage with me and act like they don't know who I am. And if they can't act a certain way around me, no judgment, no argument, no fight, no nothing. I lovingly move on and get around people who I can behold God's goodness in them and they can behold God's goodness in me. And there doesn't have to be no hate, no jealousy, no frustration, no anxiety, no fear, and no competition because we're all doing what God has gifted us to do and we're choosing the good that we desire and we're thinking big. I don't want to be around little-minded thinkers who are trying to hold me down like a crab in a barrel. And if you're allowing people to hold you down like a crab in a barrel, I suggest strongly that it's better to have no crew and develop and learn to get a new crew than to have a crew that's holding you back. And that might not be popular. But guess what? Some, my grandmama used to tell me Maybe some people you got to love with a long-handled spoon. And that was her way, her old-school Mississippi way of saying, some people you got to love at a distance. Why? Because they just can't think big. You can't hang out with everybody. Just it's, if it's, it's a re It might be a reason why you haven't hung out with that person since high school. There might be a reason why you're no longer dating that person. There might be a reason why you don't still hang out in those circles. Either you're the big thinker and you needed to go, or you're the small thinker and they left you. So they always think that you're the big thinker, and that's the reason why things move. You might be the little thinker, and people moved on from you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. All right. So he gives some steps on how to develop the power of belief. Number one is think success. Don't think failure. 
In other words, you got to start thinking from the standpoint of being a success thinker. Number two, remind yourself regularly that you are better than you think you are. In other words, honor your gifts, honor your abilities, and from my perspective, honor your own divine nature as a child of God. Behold God's goodness in yourself. Number three, believe big. Believe big. He wrote, the size of your success is determined by the size of your belief. So if you want to develop the ability to successfully think, those are the three steps. And again, you can get the book and read the details out of it. I'm just giving you the highlights. I want to make sure that I'm driving you to take the behavior, to get the material, study it, and work with me as we go through this process. Okay? Don't just rely on me, and I'm pretty good at what I do, and I own that I'm pretty good at what I do. However, there's a God in you with supreme intelligence and wisdom, the I am nature in you, that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Get the book, listen to the podcast, do your prayer work, take action. You'll get the results that you want. Now, he also wrote, at the bottom of page 21, nobody is going to order is going to order a man to develop. Whether a man lags behind or moves ahead, his specialty is a matter of his own personal application. This is something which takes time, work, and sacrifice. No one can do it for you. I wrote underneath this, how am I getting better? What's my plan? Do you have a plan for getting better? Do you have a plan? All right. You should study someone successful and look up someone you want to model. Who's the most successful person you want? He talks about in the book on page 23. Who's the most successful person you know? Personally know. Talk to him. Call him. You know, have a lunch via Zoom. When we're in the midst of a pandemic right now, you might not be able to be in that personal space or get a phone call and start asking them some questions about success. Don't waste their time. Write your questions down ahead of time. Let them know, like, hey, you mind if I just pick your brain for 10 minutes? That's all I need. And start talking to them about what they do to succeed. What type of mindset do they have? What skill sets did they develop? What do they emphasize? Why do they emphasize it? And then start looking at people who are not the most unsuccessful person you know and start paying attention to what they do. Now, don't ask them what they do. Just pay attention and see the contrast. Last point, because we only got a couple of minutes left, about training programs, whether it's educational model, traditional educational models, or other training programs. He gives some things that you need to pay attention to if you're going to get into a program of self-development. He wrote, page 22, any training program, and that's exactly what this book is, must do three things. It must provide content, the, the, which is the what to do. He wrote, it must provide content, the what to do, content. Second, it must supply a method, the how to do it. And third, it must meet the acid test, that is, get results. In other words, again, content, method. Results. That's what a training program should do. You know, if when it's all said and done, if the training program doesn't get you what you want, then why are you doing it? You need a plan, though. 
it, you know, how many seminars are you going to show up to? What, how many books are you going to read? How many times you going to listen to this podcast, for instance, to help you do it? If you listen to this podcast, this is a method of getting better. But And I'm going to give you content, method, and I'm going to tell you, go do it for yourself and get the results that you desire. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. But you got to have a plan to work it yourself. Stop waiting. Stop procrastinating. You got to work it for your own development and growth. All right? And you should be following the techniques of people who have succeeded in doing what they are talking about. Everybody has an opinion, but everybody's opinion does not have equal value. When I go get my, I, I, I go a couple of times a year to get checkups at the doctor. This is one of the things I do. Hey, just coming in, nothing's wrong. Let me get a checkup because I think that's just responsible. Uh, and my doctor's opinion carries more weight than some online person on YouTube or some friend who thinks they know more than a person who did all this work to become a medical doctor. Make sure that you are following people who know what they're talking about. So next week, we're going to cover Cure Yourself of Excusitis, the Failure Disease. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.